The Panthers' long winning streak against the Detroit Red Wings is, in fact, over with the Lion King making his return to South Florida. And the Panthers have their first three-game losing streak of the season. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Thursday, January 18th edition of Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Words to your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez from the Hockey News, and you can follow me on X at Monoman12. Follow the show account on X and Instagram at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And shout out to the everydayers who come back here and get your daily Florida Panthers fix. And today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that feet that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com and use locked on to get $20 off your order. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. So the Florida Panthers go into this matchup against the Detroit Red Wings with no Alexander Barkoff. Paul Maurice did speak about how something that it's still a bit tight, but still very short-term and nothing of worry. So a lot of um, lineup differences on, on the night for the Panthers, but still gave their, themselves a chance to win and most and led for most of the night uh, before losing in overtime against the Detroit Red Wings. Dylan Larkin with the game-winning goal. And here to break down this 3-2 to two overtime loss for the Florida Panthers against the Detroit Red Wings from Emirate Bank Arena. He was actually there in person tonight. He is formerly of... Fox Sports Florida uh, producer and host Frank Fort, a, a recurring guest here on the show. Frank, welcome back to Locked On Panthers, my friend. Thanks, Armando. Good to see you. Good to see you too, my friend. And let's just go right into the biggest takeaways in, in this one. Like I said at the top, no Alexander Barkov had the lines look like An- A- Anton Lindell and Atula Serena and Sam Reinhart on that top line. Obviously, we spoke the whole fan base has spoken about how Lundell was with Reinhardt last year versus mm-hmm. versus be playing without him as well. But I thought the line it, as far as the night went for this one, I thought they had a lot of energy, especially Etu Losterine. And my goodness, he was botting up guys on the, on the half walls on the four check. The second line was also creating multiple opportunities as well. The Detroit Red Wings, as far as generating speed through the neutral zone, it, it was not – they weren't generating as much as the Florida Panthers early on and not getting traffic in front. But Red Wings made their adjustments when necessary, especially especially on, on, the, on, the last few, on the last few goals that they scored and all. And obviously for, for this one, a lot of four-on-four time as well for, for this one it, it, on the night as this was a penalty-filled fest in this one. So – what are your uh, biggest takeaways on the night for this one? And of course, uh, I got to mention Alex Lyon uh, being the star of the night for uh, the Detroit Red, Wing- Red Wings. How about yours? Yeah, I thought he played really well. Um, I thought the save on Bennett early in the third period where Kachuk made the uh, between the legs pass from below mm-hmm. the goal line and Bennett right on top of the crease. And, you know, Lyon got the pads together. And, and that to me was a huge key save to me the two key plays of the game were that save and the the call on Ekblad in in the final minute i mean i thought it was an evenly played game by 
both teams. I thought 2-2 was a, a fair score going into overtime. Obviously, Detroit had the advantage with the, the power play going to OT. But I thought, you know, neither team really outplayed the other mm-hmm. through the course of the first 60 minutes. I thought Lundell looked a lot better uh, on that first line with, with Reinhardt. He and Lusterinen moving up to play with Reinhardt. I thought the Bennett line generated really good chances. Sam had another great chance that Lyon got a blocker save on him. Uh, I can't remember if it was uh, – it had to be the second period. Um, because I think after that Bennett chance, the Panthers didn't have a ton of good looks in the third. Uh, so I thought I thought Lyon was really good. I, I have to say, I I was really impressed with Detroit. I think they they're building something there. Yeah. And clearly, of the three teams that were supposed to be on the way up this season in the Atlantic, Buffalo, Ottawa, and Detroit. Detroit's clearly the top of that group. And you look up and down their lineup, and and I think they put a really good group together. I, I like some of their guys. Um, I like a lot of their guys. Um, the two goals that they scored, I mean, one was a great deflection by Rasmussen. There, there's really nothing anybody could do about that. Yeah. And then the second goal, they they basically penned the Panthers in their own zone for a long shift, and they just had that little extra bit of energy and battle along the walls that, that led to that second goal. The overtime goal, it was hard to tell from where I was sitting, Armando. It looked like it took a deflection on the way into Bob, maybe off Mikola's skate or whoever the defenseman was. So – I didn't think the Panthers gave up a ton of chances in the, in 60 minutes. Um, so again, I thought it was an evenly played game. I liked the way the first two lines played, um, mm-hmm. the way our defense played. Um, but I still think at this point, you know, with Barkov in the lineup, it's still a top heavy team. I, I just don't think, um, and I, I give Stenland a pass on this because he's got like eight goals as the four center and he's an elite penalty killer but I don't think they're getting enough out of their third and fourth lines to be a big time contender. Uh, you know, maybe that changes down the road. Maybe they can, Bill Zito can work some magic and, and get somebody in to be a, a third line winger. Uh, because if you look at the production from the third line wingers ostensibly, and when they're healthy, it's cousins and loose and it's what 10 goals, mm-hmm. right? Something like that. Nine or 10. I know cousins has two loose. has got what? Seven, Eight, something like that. I, I don't have the exact number on it, but I think you just need more out of the, out of the bottom six. Yeah, looking at the looking at the bottom six right now for the Panthers, uh, the Sten, the Stenlin line was outshot twelve to six in shot attempts, shots on goal three um, eight to three at five on five mm-hmm. as well, and, and all on, on the night as well. And uh, the the fourth line outshot two, three to two at five on five. Not not much five on five time, obviously, with the yeah. with the amount of four on four play that we saw as well. But it was just like most games we've seen this season. It's been those those lines as as well for uh, the Panthers. But uh, we we did we did see Sam Reinhart continue his goal scoring streak. Eight straight goal eight straight games with a goal, all of them on special teams. Yeah. Six power play goals, two shorthanded goals. Great, great. Uh, Den- um, denial of the zone by Kulikov to get the puck yeah. up the zone. And Detroit made a big mistake having all eyes on Anton Lundell right before that centering feed to Sam Reinhart for, for the, for when that made it one, nothing. And we it spoke was, about 
Go ahead. It was a great, it was a, from my vantage point, I was sitting in the corner, basically along the goal line, about 14 rows up at the, the end where the Panthers scored both goals. And I, from my vantage point, my, I had a great angle. Kulikov made a great read, great anticipation to break up the play. And then a great dish by Lundell. And, and I mean, I don't know what else we can say about Reinhardt. We're running out of superlatives. He, he, yeah. he ties his career high with 33 goals set as a Panther he gets mm. his 500th NHL point and does something that nobody else in NHL history now has done, and that is score special teams goals in eight consecutive games. I mean, I don't know what else you can say about the guy. Uh, I just hope and pray the Panthers find a way to get the the money to sign him or that he'll he'll take – I don't want to call it the hometown discount. I'm going to call it the state income tax discount. Uh, Fair point. Because, you know, he's he's – in real dollars, if he signs something equal to Willie Nylander's, it's going to be the same amount of dollars in the pocket. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, if he signs for two million, three and a half million less, it's going to be the same amount of real money after taxes. Yeah, and uh, I took an opportunity tonight to watch the TNT broadcast, which was actually very chill vibes kind of broadcast. It wasn't necessarily play by play; it was just four guys kind of sitting in around around the couch, except without the beers, just chatting about the games, what they're seeing and all. And Paul Bissonette oh, was it, was made it. Was it the hockey equivalent of the Manning cast? Somewhere Monday? around there, except okay. no cameras on their faces. I got and you. Paul Bissonette uh, brought up a point is money is not everything, but you don't get to play with Alexander Barkov and have a lot of sun every single day. So something else to consider. When it, when yeah, it. and I know, you know, Reinhardt loves it here. I mean, he said as much. I mean, it's, it's a, you know, he, for him, it's a great place to live. The, the fans have been great to him. The facilities are, are excellent, you know, with the new practice facility now. I think it's more convenient for a lot of the guys uh, because they live in Fort Lauderdale. So, I, and like you said, the, the ability to play with a guy like Barkoff, um, you know, sometimes it's not all about the money. Sometimes you take a little less for the other things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hopefully he's of that mindset because – I mean, he. My, I mean, he's playing as well as any anybody in the NHL. Maybe not named McDavid. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And just one goal behind uh, Austin Matthews right now for the league lead in goals. Uh, so very exciting race that we're we're seeing here for the Rocket Richard. But we're going to transition over to segment number two, where we're going to discuss more about when we thought this game was won or lost. We are going to discuss that and more here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. And I know we I know we come to sports to escape from the some of the crazy realities in real life, but can we talk just for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. And this is scary. I can't imagine more helpless feeling than if a family member of mine or one of their kids got sick while a supply chain short issue kept them from getting life-saving medication they needed. Thankfully, they'll be okay with, because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics that treat a long list of bacteria, no, bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could help any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete a, your physician encounter. It'll be reviewed by a board-certified physician and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost 
It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code locked on to get $20 off your order. That's J A S E medical.com. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day day, with local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Back on this Thursday, January 18th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Thank you once again for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day here on a Thursday edition of the show so so w- w- just like when we do wins we discuss when we thought this game was won in this in this instance we got to discuss when we thought this game was lost for the florida panthers out of all things flurry of chances centering feeds to that 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 alex lyon was able to just be ready for multiple times on the night but this was a bit of a coin flip for me, but I decided to go with when Ekblad went to the box for the penalty on the hook. I thought about doing the uh, embellishment call on Evan Rodriguez, which denied the Florida Panthers a power play, which the the Detroit Red Wings defended very well with blocking the centering feed to Reinhardt and difference between Barkoff on that half wall battling out. out. But going into the third into the overtime period knowing that you are going to be down a man open ice with the four on three as well and then dylan larkin uh scoring that game winner little patience got mikola to go down and then a, a screen out in front by shane gossifer south florida native shane gossifer so that was my moment for me frank when i thought the game was lost for the florida panthers and how about yourself how when did you think this game was lost well you're doing a better job of distilling it down to one thing than, than I am because I've got three. Okay, go for it. And the, I think the, the Lions save on Bennett early in the third where Kachuk made a unbelievable between-the-legs pass to set him mm-hmm. up. And I, I just looked skyward. I did one of these. How did that not go in? <laughs> yeah. Okay. The embellishment call on Rodriguez, and I, I'll come back to that in a second. And then the Ekblad penalty, which I thought was a, a pretty skinny call. Mm-hmm. But, okay, the problem for me is I can't tell you, I don't have the words to tell you how much I despise. And this goes around the league, not just for that call tonight, the embellishment call. I think it's absurd. I think it's ridiculous. I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to keep dives from diving to get calls. And if you have somebody that dives or embellishes something trying to get a call and it's not a penalty, then yes, give him two minutes for embellishment. But if it's a penalty and it's clearly a foul, who cares what the guy being fouled does? It, it has no effect on anything. The referee's got his hand in the air or in his mind. I'm putting my hand up when, when you know, I see the foul. Who cares what mm. Rodriguez does after that? It, it has no effect on the game. so And I just hate that call. If it's a penalty, it's a penalty. If a guy gets up and comes back and slashes or cross-checks a guy after the original penalty, fine. But I, I just, I, I hate, I hate, hate, and that's not even a strong enough word, the embellishment call. And, mm-hmm. and again, not just about tonight, around the league, 
I don't like it. I, if there's one rule in hockey that I could change, it would be that. Yeah, and I, I, I think about a few things. I think about the fact that you could, in, in, in the game of basketball, you can do a pump fake, draw a foul with someone bumping into you, uh, and, and then go to the free throw line for two. But here's another one as well. Whenever there's a deep ball pass in football, you have two guys hand fighting, and then there's no flag, and one person wants offensive pass interference or defensive pass interference. But if they're both hand fighting, it's either foul on both or foul on nobody as well. If you, if you as an, if if there was one, when it comes to that change, shouldn't the thought process be is if Evan Rodriguez really did embellish that call? Play on. Continue right. to play. If you really do believe that he did em- embellish that call as far as far as yeah. well, trying to gain an advantage. Let's take let's take it one step further. Okay. Have, in your example, have you ever seen receiver and defensive back going down the field? Let's say the defensive back interferes with them and the offensive guy falls down. Have you ever seen it called both ways? Mm. <laughs> have you ever seen PI and unsportsmanlike conduct, no. right on the receiver? No, because it doesn't matter. If it's a foul, it's a foul. It, it, I, I just, I just don't, I don't understand. Again, I understand they don't want guys diving to try to get calls, but if it is clearly a penalty in the ref's mind, then let's just call the original penalty, and there's nothing else to it. I, I, I don't. I don't see the rationale in that. I remember there was one last year, I think it was last year, where Lomberg is chasing the puck at center ice. He gets interfered with. He falls down and immediately gets back up and keeps skating. Like as soon as he hit the ice, he jumped back up and kept skating, and they called him for embellishment. Like what was that about? Yeah. Yeah. Right? (laughs) I mean, it's not. he didn't try and sell it. He got knocked off balance and he went down and he didn't slide along the ice and he didn't roll over like a soccer player four times. He immediately, as soon as he hit the ice and regained his balance, he got up and and kept going. And mm-hmm. they called him for embellishment. And he couldn't believe it. And I, that one sticks out in my mind because it was just absurd. So the yeah. absurdity of the embellishment call is, you know, my soapbox because, like I said, if I had if I had one rule to change, that would be it. And that's a big one, and the and the fact that also the the whole live time thing about this is the hardest part about it, and it's just it's not a reviewable play. It, neither, yeah. neither that's the thing about it. Just like balls and strikes are not reviewable plays in baseball too. So it's like a little bit of a how 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 if you're the NHL and the NHLPA when it comes to discussing something like this is like. Because at the end of the day, it is in fact the judgment call. The way, the way, the way when you watch it in live time. So it's like, what do you define? What is what? I got, I got, I got an easy solution for you. Okay. Stephen Walkham says we're not doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's it. End of story. Assess unsportsmanlike conducts if they happen to do it again after that. Set a warning in the beginning, if anything. Right. Yeah, something like that. But I just, again, I, I. I just don't understand it. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. understand it. It's 
frustrating one for sure. Uh, as 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 the Panthers were denied a power play on that one, and 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 now now the Panthers they face their first three game losing streak of the season. Something that we haven't said at all this season, and we're going to actually discuss more of that in segment number three here on this Thursday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. So stick with us. Today's episode is brought to you by Indeed. And we are driven to search for, for the better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match. And you can do that all with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, Indeed, for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you hire faster. 93% of employers agreed Indeed delivers the highest quality of matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. So, and listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your job more visibility at Indeed.com slash locked on. Go to Indeed.com slash locked on right now and get and support the show by saying you heard about the D- Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Third and final segment here on this Thursday, January 18th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Thank you once again for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day here on a Thursday. Here with former um, host and producer from Fox Sports Florida, Frank Fort here on the show. And this one's a little, this one, as far as show planning when it comes to a third segment, it's always... So it's it's never you can never predict I can never predict what I'm always going to be talking about in a third segment for a post game show. But this one's a little different as far as the Panthers going through their first three game losing streak of the season. And like we spoke about, the Panthers they didn't give them they didn't they didn't shoot themselves in the foot. Faceoffs were 61 percent to 39. Corsi four on the night was over 60 percent in all situations, especially five on five. So dominating had the puck a lot in in the Detroit Red Wings zone and kind of like in the Saturday game against the Devils they had a whole bunch of opportunities but Nico Dawes was outstanding in this one Alex Lyon tonight for the Panthers and for for this one I feel a lot different about the Panthers dropping a few games this time around than a few weeks ago when they were when they were having getting shut out in back-to-back games against Vancouver and Seattle I mean the you see we spoke about Reinhardt's goal streak. Matthew Kachuk, we didn't even mention him. Ten game point streak continuing <laughs> for for the Panthers going into this new year. We're seeing so much, so many strides. We don't see, we didn't see that bad goal by Sergei Bobrovsky, the one that you're scratching your head with too, as as far as that. So, how how are you feeling, Frank, about this uh, three game losing streak? Because for me, I'm unbothered. Yeah. Uh, before we get to that. I'm just reading something on Twitter right now, and uh, somebody I follow tweets out, Maurice wanted so badly another fine tonight, but he resisted the urge. So uh, <laughs> just going to kind of leave that there about the uh, some of the calls. Um, 
in any event, yeah, I mean, again, I, I don't think they played poorly during these three games. They they got goalied by New Jersey. Um, you know, you they blew two two goal leads against Anaheim, which, you know, giving up breakaways and, and odd man rushes, you know, you, you can't have that happen, uh, especially with four seconds left in a period. And, and I didn't think Stolarz was particularly sharp. But, and you know, tonight, again, they played well. Uh, so... Yeah, it's not. It, I don't think it's anything like the, you know, the the back-to-back shutouts on that West Coast trip. I, I think they're they're playing pretty well. Uh, they obviously they hit a bunch of posts the last two games, not so much tonight. Um, but you know, I, again, I don't feel as badly. You feel bad when you lose, but I don't feel as badly as you did when, uh, you know, you're getting blank four nothing or three nothing out out on the West Coast. And and again, you know, they're they're. They've got two points out of these last three games. They're at least getting a point. You'd like, obviously, both, but, you know, keep banking points. It's the middle of the season, and every single point, as we, you know, we saw last year, every single point matters, you know, which you'd like to have that extra point. But, again, it's not a regulation loss, uh, you know, against a team in your division. So it's a three-point game, which, you know, is better than the alternative. But, I, you know, I, again, I don't think they're playing poorly. I do think there's, you know, there's still some, I don't think this is as deep a team as we'd all like it to be. And, you know, this might be a little bit of heresy, but, uh, you know, as, as popular and a great a person as Ryan Lomberg is, I don't think he's playing with energy, but he's not um, put, having as much effect on games as he had last year in that fourth line role. You know, he, he, you know, Lockwood plays hard, but he's still looking for his first NHL goal. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a great other, opportunity the other night, too. Yeah. I, I mean, you, you got to be able to put one away now and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you don't ask a lot out of your fourth line, but, you know, when you got a chance, you, you got to bury it. Um, you know, the other, the other thing, and this is kind of off topic, but, you know, just you look around YouTube and, you know, Nick Cousins is getting a bad reputation uh, around the league. And again, he's been struggling uh, at the offensive end. And that's fine if you're, if you're playing well in other areas. But now referees are going to look at him and other teams are going to look at him like, you know, he, people have flat out said he's a rat. I mean, yeah. that, to me, that's a little bit of a problem. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you're Brad Marchand and you're a rat, but you're scoring 35 goals – then it's not as big a problem. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm sure you heard Kevin BX's rant on, yep. on Cousins, and, you know, you don't want to get that reputation. Um, mm-hmm. and now that – yeah, I, 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 Again, I'm going off topic on you here. I, I didn't think the two hits that got everybody upset were the worst things I've seen in hockey. Um, for example, the Valamaki, you don't want to hit a guy when he's on his knees. Yeah. I didn't think it was a. I, I didn't think it was a full-on blow. He kind of glanced his head and shoulder, and even Valamaki, when he got up, he didn't respond. He, he kind of looked at him and then he looked away, and then the other guy came in and plasters Cousins. But Valamaki didn't seem to take exception to it. Yeah, um, as opposed to Goodbranson in that incident. Um, but so I think the Panthers overall are doing. If you look at them to this point in the season. I think they're playing and their point total is about as good as we could have expected. And despite all that, they still 
I know we don't have the three, two, one point system in the, in, in the NHL, but there's something about a team whenever you see a whole bunch of regulation wins as well. It's funny because I was just one talking about this weeks ago. It's like, man, we, we need to, I, I would hope to see the Panthers get into more uh, overtime games to get that, at least that loser point. Crazy enough, their record is still 19 0 and 3. That includes tonight's record. That includes tonight's game when leading after two. Right. Still hella impressive. Yeah. And the most regulation wins in the Eastern Conference at 24 after tonight's action. Only two games on the night. The sky isn't falling. There's, there's, so, no, no. At least not to this point. They'll shake out of it on Friday night and, and get a win against a team that beat them in the opener. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a team that's already changed coaches and you know has had had struggles lately. And I think of just like how in baseball you think of series winning two out of three or a certain percentage, with the with the Panthers coming back from two goals down against the the LA Kings, and then and then getting these loser points, you still have an opportunity to get six out of 10. And when you look at it from that perspective, mm-hmm. you think the Panthers are still in perfect position right before they hit hit the road again, even though it's for one game. Yeah. So it's it's not, it, like you said, the sky isn't falling here. No. And it, I just hope Barkoff is back soon because to me, and I put this out on X or Twitter or whatever you still refer to it as, to me, it's such a big hole in the lineup, given the minutes he plays, all situations, power play, PK, five on five, the number, you know, the face-off wins, the ability to protect the puck and keep possession, which is, to me, is is really important. Um, to me, it, it there there's nobody on this team that can carry that burden or that load that he um, that he carries on a regular basis. So. You know, I think we talked about this before. Maybe the last time it was on one. You know, number one centers don't fall off trees, and if you got one, you you, you hope to keep him healthy. And you know, he was on a heater, at least assist wise. He wasn't scoring goals, but he was getting two, three assists a night uh, during that win streak, and you know, playing some really, really good hockey. And uh, yeah, I, I just think it's it's he's super tough to replace on this team. Mm. Yeah, tough in the tough in the dot. You can't coach a guy to back check as well, and and just the the ability to find teammates and Markov. He will tell you the goals don't matter, and that he's just able, happy to set up his teammates. And the the fact that the team is getting W's that's really what matters to him. So uh, thankfully, Maurice said that it's once again short term. So that's the good news about it. And hey, maybe that we we will uh, see. Alexander Barkov back on the ice uh, l- later on uh, this this week. Quickly checking the practice schedule, actually. Uh, the Panthers will be back at practice tomorrow at 12 o'clock at Emirate Bank Arena. So maybe there will be something else as far as an update for uh, the captain. At, and we'll know that around noon Eastern tomorrow. Uh, so, Frank, I want to thank you once again for joining me on this edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Uh, thank you once again for joining and tell everybody where they could follow you and your work online. Yeah, it's on, if you're on X, it's at Frank J Fort and also check out uh, www.fausports.com. I've been at Florida Atlantic university uh, for the past eight years. We have a show on Valley sports, Florida. It's Thursdays and 
Saturdays at 11.30 a.m. In the fall, it's all football. In the spring, it's it's all of our sports. And, of course, we've got a top 25-ranked basketball team right now. We're number 23 in the country. And, uh, you know, we're, we're real excited about that group. They've got everybody but one guy back from that Final Four team of last year. Uh, it's tougher when you're the hunted instead of the hunter, and we've, mm-hmm. we've found that out. You know, we've lost a couple games we probably shouldn't have, but, you know, we've beaten a couple teams. We beat Arizona in double overtime, which a lot of people said was the game of the season so far in college basketball. So, uh, yeah, www.fasports.com. Uh, we put our show, it's not only on Bally, it's on our website and on YouTube as well. Awesome, Frank. Thank you so much, my friend, once again. And I will see you soon, hopefully. All right. Thanks, Armando. Have a great night. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time. The Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey, Flip Livingstone, and Stu Roden, and Locked On NHL Prospects. Thank you once again for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. So I'm Armando Velez with Frank Ford. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're to our team every day.